Good evening and welcome to The Loaded Dice, the podcast that always rolls boxcars. My name is Andrew and here with me tonight is special guest... David Coleman. Hey Dave, how you going? I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little tired right now, but you know that kind of happens when it's about 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah, no, mate, you're, you're an absolute legend. So it's about uh, 8 p.m. here uh, on Sunday night, and it's what, like 3 a.m. in the morning on Sunday? Yep. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So so Dave, uh, if anybody hasn't listened to the show before, is uh, kind of our man in Kansas. If we had a man in Kansas, it would definitely be Dave. Yep. And uh, he's uh, <laughs> he's agreed to, to jump on. So uh, before we get much further, this isn't a regular episode. So this is not like episode like 79 or whatever we're up to. Uh, this is just what we're going to be doing uh, from time to time, which is an in-between sode. Uh, because we had some issues getting recording. Doug and I the other night, I had some car problems. Uh, recently, we've had some pretty uh, bad issues with our podcast host. Uh, that we're attempting to either get resolved and if they don't get resolved uh, we just have to move hosts but if we don't have that all sorted out we might lose our entire back catalogue which is a pain in the ass Uh, but yeah we're we're trying to sort that out at the moment which means we've had a bit of an issue with our recording schedule and then uh, yeah car problems the other night so Dave and I are going to do this uh, episode here I'm going to be chatting with him about adepticon next year uh so dave's running some events there uh as well as uh what he's been working on recently and then in a couple of days hopefully we should have uh the next episode uh online which is going to be doug and i talking about aeronautica imperialis so yeah sit back and enjoy this in between sode so dave what have you been working on man well, tell us about what's been going on in beautiful sunny kansas well for the past like 60 to 90 seconds i've been trying to think of a theme song you could use for the in-between episodes and all i can think of is is the the intro song or i guess the theme song for one punch man but instead of one punch it's just like one off (laughs) but other than that um things have been kind of you know exciting and interesting in, in my life as of late um for those of you who uh know me you know you know that i'm an insurance adjuster for those of you that don't know that now and i've been doing that since uh what 2012 when i graduated from college and i've been enjoying that lifestyle for the past seven and a half years and um due to some life changes and um just me wanting to follow the the missus down to graduate school because she's attending graduate school down in texas um, I just kind of made the, the decision that I wanted to change my life around, uh, apparently on its head. And I'm going to be out of a job come December 31st. And so that's added a whole new level of, of stress and excitement to my life. But, oh, yeah, um, that, 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 that's, that's definitely one way to sort of like give yourself a kick up the ass. And, and <laughs> so we're, we're kind of rolling in the, the, the deep right now. Um, I just got done buying a vehicle last week, um, so I have a vehicle of my own because, fun fact, uh, when you work as an insurance adjuster that's a field adjuster uh, and you work with my company, you don't have to own your own vehicle because you can use the company vehicle for personal miles and they just tax you at the end of the year. And I don't give a shit who you are, but you can't own a vehicle for $1,200 a year. So <laughs> I did not buy myself a vehicle for seven and a half years. So now 
I'm at the point where I realize uh, when you cut those the strings on that golden parachute, yeah, you you hit pretty hard. <laughs> so yeah, and, 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 and look, as, as somebody that spent many hours in your uh, in your company Ute, just because we decided to drive from fucking Colorado back to Hayes, mm-hmm. um, it's not a bad car. Nope. And it, that's that's the worst part is I went from uh, I'm going from having basically brand new super nice vehicles all the time that the company has to take care of to well if anything breaks i'm in, i'm responsible for it now so <laughs> but i can safely say that this this chevy equinox is all mine that lovely lovely uh, I'm, I'm 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 i guess it's a boy i haven't really thought that hard on it yet i'm not one of those car guys that that you know obsesses over that i obsess over tiny plastic and resin figurines that's a much more productive use of my time. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they they generally don't break down and cost you as much money. No, um, but I probably will get more pissed off when I break one of those. <laughs> so so this 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 was specifically, and I, I think this is this is so cool because you were saying to me the other night, like before you you you'd bought it, right? You were going on about I've got to be able to put all the event stuff in the back of it, and I've got to do this and I've got to do that, and it's hilarious because. The last couple of cars that I've bought, it's been a similar like thing in the back of my mind of like, I've got my race cars, right? And it's like, they're shit for like trying to do events. Like I've tried it. I, I've, I've like stripped out race car with like tables and terrain and zone mortalis tables in the back and it actually works okay. But yeah, like man, you need like an SUV or something so you can like pack that shit in there and then drive across the country and then put on mad events. My only complaint with this is and i'll be honest i had to make a compromise i could have got 100 percent of what i wanted but had a, a vehicle with way more mileage on it and been you know much less reliable but i i compromised so it's a great vehicle it's around eighty-three thousand miles or eighty-six thousand. i forget off the top of my head because again i'm i'm tired and it's three in the morning but um it, it fit inside my budget. I got to haggle them down, and it was great because I basically got to pretend that I knew what I was talking about and act like <laughs> uh, I was I was I was swinging ye old penis around. But really, I I was actually kind of scared because I've never I've never haggled on a vehicle or really anything in my life outside of you know trading cards when I was a child. So uh, yeah, everything's going yes. great, but uh, unfortunately, it doesn't have a V six and it doesn't have uh, a tow package on it. it it's only a four cylinder so i'm not going to be able to hook up a trailer and haul everything which would have been you know the ultimate solution you know to be able to actually get like a small eight by five trailer yeah 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 put, little little box trailer put all like the tables and stuff like that on it yeah that'd be awesome yeah. but um on the other side you know counterpoint i've never actually hauled a trailer so that possibly could have resulted in me you know not having <laughs> any terrain so <laughs> put it put, put it put it this way my um my introduction to uh trailers right and then like driving vehicles with trailers on them was a, a very good friend of mine uh who's not in a hobby uh not in it well our hobby we, we race cars together um we we hooked his race car up on a car trailer to this really old uh mercedes four-wheel drive um that ended its life on fire on the side of the road with a fire truck putting it out so this Ooh. gives you a bit of an idea of how good this car was um and we 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 had to do about a six hour drive down the highway um and my mate was like really hungover and he's just like you know what 
like I know you've never towed with a fucking trailer, but he's like, at the end of the day, if you write us off, I didn't want this this car anyway, and it's insured. So he's like, fuck it, let's just do this. Um, so so yeah, I I was I I had like a two and a bit ton like Mercedes V8 that was fucking insanity, um, with about two and a half ton worth of race car and trailer on the back of it, driving down the highway. Um, so yeah, li- little box trailer, man, easy, super easy. <laughs> <laughs> good the, the best thing is when you're like oh we'll just like we'll just like pull off the highway into the services and just you know like fill up some gas and get some food and shit and it's just like cool i've never maneuvered a trailer on like anything other than an open road and i've only been doing that for the last like hour and a half and then you like you get to the fucking service station and you realize shit i i've got to do like a million point turn with a trailer um yeah that's fun <laughs> yeah so anyway, man, um, Adepticon, uh, tell us about this because this is this is where this is all going, right? Is it's like at some point you're gonna have to like pack up your new car and you're gonna have to head to Chicago. Yep. At least that's what they tell me now. I kind of committed and I can't can't really back out now and save face. So <laughs> that was all before the the job thing uh, kind of turned out how it is. So um, for anybody that's interested, I had a full schedule for. 2020, uh, three events in three fantastic locations, and I am completely committed to making it to Adepticon, and that is in statement for now. <laughs> but nice. uh, Adepticon itself, it's going to be my first year there. I'm really excited. Um, I've been speaking with Ty uh, Finn Cairo. He's the only guy that I've actually spoken to from the team um, of the, you know, the gentleman who actually hosts uh, the Heresy events out there. And uh, they're, you know, he's been real helpful, been real um, accommodating and interested in getting me involved. Um, for those of you that um, are aware or not aware, uh, I'm essentially stepping in to fill the seat of Ryan Kimmel, his Ascendancy to Ruin uh, event that he has ran in the past. He's not going to be doing that anymore, or at least he's not going to be doing it this year. Uh, based on what he said, it doesn't sound like he's going to be doing it anymore. It sounds like he's not interested in 30K. Uh, at this juncture, moving forward, that's, so. a, that's that's a damn shame, right? Ryan, definitely one of the uh, one of the really good guys in uh, in the thirty k scene over there. Oh, definitely. But I mean, he's still doing a lot for the hobby. He's got the you know he's got his hobby shed, his hobby barn that he's you know opened up for people to come in and rent and use for you know tournaments. I mean, he I think he still plays the game um, you know amongst his friends and you know once in a while. But it's it's clearly not his main passion anymore. I, I think he's gotten a lot more into BattleTech. But again, I, I was just I gonna say, yeah, battle, BattleTech I think is what was really taken over for him. Yeah, it's you know I don't want to make any presumptions and, and talk about that kind of stuff. That's not really the main focus. But you know, definitely <laughs> w- wish him the best um, with whatever he's doing now with his time. And if he decides he wants to come, hopefully my events aren't um, a pale comparison to what were there previously. That's kind of <laughs> my my big fear is. You know, don't you know? Don't want to try and fill somebody else's shoes, but at the same time, you know, you want to definitely meet the needs that other, you know, that that people were having met previously at those events. So it's 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 kind of a balancing act to figure out, you know, where where we're going to be able to stand and, and what we're going to be able to do. And this year's going to be way different overall. Um, my understanding is that uh, overall, outside of 30k, just like the the overall convention in general. There was an off-site facility that's previously been used, um, just 
over the years, but I guess there's some renovations going on at that facility or there's some external conflict that's taking place that's making it to where that facility is not going to be available during Adepticon. So uh, everybody kind of across the board has had to give up some space to bring what was normally at that facility into the space. And as such, there's, uh, you know, 30K, we, we, we gave up a few tables. We've got some other people that are going to be inside the room um, with us. I, my understanding is last year that they, they kind of had their own ballroom to themselves, which was pretty awesome, and everybody enjoyed that. So uh, I guess we'll be sharing space this year. Don't know who with, but hopefully uh, we can get some converts into 30K because that's always <laughs> it's always good. I mean, awesome. it's great. It's great to have our own space, but at the same time, I personally am a fan of being around you know, the non 30 K players, because it's, it's way more opportunity to talk to people about something they're not familiar with, or they just may not have, you know, thought they were interested in and then show them how wrong they were. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I think honestly, like I've, I've run a ton of events here, um, obviously at like gaming stores and stuff mainly. Um, and one of the really cool things is, is from time to time at some of the biggest stores, you'd find that there were other like, other like tournaments or events going on at the same time and yeah well like as long as it's not like trading cards and stuff and don't get me wrong like i'm not hating on the trading cards it's just like it's hard to get into that for like if you're like a tabletop guy yeah i think but like if there's other tabletop stuff going on like i know we had like the uh the national like grand tournament for x-wing going on like at the same time as a 30k event mm -hmm. um and that was like that was so cool because it's like you know, if, if you got, a, you know, if you're a bit bored or you want to go see something cool, you could go and watch like the best guys in Australia, like playing Star Wars, which was mad. Um, so yeah, no, I totally know where you're coming from. Like if you get some, like some other cool hobbyists, you know, whether they're playing like the same system or a different system, like I think it just makes the, the overall like feel so much better to an event. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like give us a bit of a rundown. So you were saying like, just before we jumped on air, like, so you're, you're running like three events at Adepticon, right? Because, you know, first time at Adepticon, you don't want to do anything like the easy way. Yeah. Um, well, you know me, I don't do anything the easy way. So the, ori <laughs> the original plan was I was running a, uh, four events and that was all, uh, that was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And it was going to be two events Thursday and then one event Friday and Saturday. And those events were basically going to be all day. But again, with the... Uh, allocation space changing they needed uh, somebody to give up some space they approached me asked if I'd be willing to take a day off and I was more than happy to jump on having a day off so I can actually walk around and see what's going on at the hall and see you know what Adepticon's about outside of just hosting and you know participating in 30k so uh, currently we've got two events on Thursday and one event on Saturday and Friday I don't have anything that I'm hosting so I'm free and clear Hopefully going to try and get some some games in. I mean, preferably 30K, but, you know, maybe I'll walk around and try a board game or something. You never know. Um, Hannah, I'm hoping she's going to be able to come and assist and, you know, awesome. won't, get, won't get annoyed with me. <laughs> but um, it all depends on what her schedule's like for school because, again, she's a grad student and she's a research assistant on top of that. So she does, does have requirements that she has to meet for everything. So we'll, we'll see what we can manage. But... Yeah, awesome. So, so, so what, what can you, what can you tell us? What can you sort of let slip, uh, considering it's you know like mid-November, so there's still quite a few months till Adepticon. But 
what could you let slip about i guess you know the uh the law side of the events like like where's it's how's it all sort of like fit together law wise with other things well give me just a second and i will pull up uh ty i believe he gave me approval I, I was trying really hard not to look at any of the um, documentation or type on anything, but I want to double check and see. I, but I thought he gave me permission to go ahead and like spill on on my stuff, anyways. Yeah, awesome. Because um, according to him, I thought he said you know everything's basically out there. I don't want to. Say the wrong thing. It also makes for really bad radio for me to sit here and like have to him and haunt. <laughs> no, that, that that is okay. You you totally get a free pass when it's like three thirty in the morning or, or whatever it is over there in Kansas. So Yeah, but I don't I, I mean we, we had a podcast for a little bit and editing is a pain in the butt and I don't want you to have to like Oh dear God, dear God, please please do not think that we edit anything. Like um, I'll actually let you in on a secret. Um, after you like, after I introduced you and you started talking, for some reason my laptop decided to shut itself down and restart itself. So there was like a thirty second gap there um, that Skype was still running and it jumped straight back into it, which is a really cool thing about Skype. But I didn't hear that thirty seconds, and you were talking all the way through it. That's cool. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> We are a totally professional outfit here at the Loaded Dice. Um, if people take one thing away from this podcast, it is the um, professional shine on everything that we do. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know exactly because I can't find it, but I'm pretty sure he gave me the permission to like just start dropping stuff. So I'll give you I'll give you some of the info, some of like the details. So uh, my events, I'm hosting um, a three thousand point narrative event on Thursday, and that is a three-round friendly narrative event. And we are also, on Thursday, hosting a Zomortalis event. Ooh, very nice. Yes. And I believe that is also a... I think I wrote that down wrong on my notes. I believe that's a four-round event. Um, that's a thousand points, uh, armies. But... We're also taking something out of your guys' uh, book out there and Andrew, um, other Andrew, my brain just totally shot, shot it. Ah, uh, Hollis, Hollis. That's the word. Godfather yep. of heresy, yep. Yep. Uh, taking something out of his book. We're going to try and incorporate um, points of interest, NPC models, some unique yeah, and fun nice. things that can actually happen uh, to make the game uh, more interesting and varied and also try and stress not actively but you know kind of maybe try and stretch those rounds out a little bit more because again i've never tried to host a you know zone mortalis event so i don't know how long these rounds are going to take i've heard things from all 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 types of people saying you know they're going to go really quick they're going to go really slow and you know everything in between so i'm kind of of the opinion that if you guys play and you get your game done in 30 minutes congratulations if you want to play again play again otherwise <laughs> you you know when you have to come back for round two yeah yeah like i think this is one of the really cool things about zone mortalis right and it's honestly it's one of my favorite formats uh for playing 30k 
but one of the the hard things trying to like EO an event for it is you'll have people whose like thousand point zone mortalis games go for two hours, um, and it's completely okay. And then you have other people that, yeah, like 15, 20 minutes and the game's completely done. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to, are you guys going to be using like the, um, all those like extra dangerous terrain rules? Like, can you vent the entire board and like, you know, wipe out whole armies in like a single dice roll or yeah. Okay. Well, if, if, if you're playing with those rules, um, generally the games are pretty quick. Uh, but we sort of found that if you tone those rules down, uh, most of the games of Zone Mortalis we were seeing were running like six or seven turns. And a lot of those turns were, were honestly like just dudes moving and advancing through corridors, depending on how the boards were set up. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's there's a lot of um uh there's there's a lot of like deployment maps for Zone Mortalis, like some of them obviously from Games Workshop, but others that you know people have come up with that they really don't make for great games. That's there's just a lot of like running down empty corridors, and then you know depending on what your players are like. I think a big thing with Zone Mortalis is you have to put uh, like whether they're points of interest that people are keen to go for or like objectives in just places that mean people are going to get to grips in the first two turns. Um, because there's nothing more depressing than like throwing down in a Zone Mortalis and there's like one firefight for like a turn and a half and that's it yeah and that's something we definitely want to avoid like one of my big fears with zone mortalis is i don't want people to be playing the game for for 20 minutes and not have like an interaction with each other and Mm -hmm. i recognize that that's something that can happen even with the best laid plans you can you can just have diametrically opposed armies that are not going to have a good interaction that you're not going to be able to, to get them to engage with one another. It, it's like sitting back if you were a DM of a game and just, you know, you sit there, with, you got to bite your tongue because you can't tell them what to do. But if, if it's just not working or they're rolling bad, they can't open doors, yada, yada, It's it gets frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think that there there are some pitfalls with Zone Mortalis, but but on the whole, like, I think it's, it's a really cool way to play the game. Yeah. Um, and as long as, and, and look, being Adepticon and being like the narrative stream for 30k, I reckon you're not going to have any issues at all because of the player type. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I've, I've totally seen, yeah, games with Zone Mortalis where people just play, you know, yeah, just play hide and go seek for, you know, two hours and you just think like, what a fucking waste of time. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I guess they're getting something out of it. So, you know, such oh, as yeah. that. So but, tell us a bit more about the uh, about the three thousand point because that's sort of I guess like you know that's main event level stuff, right? Yeah, and essentially it's it's a connected campaign. All three of the events. Um, the the third event is on Saturday, and it's kind of a continuation of the Zone Mortalis. It's another day of Zone Mortalis, but we're doing that one a little different. It's going to be thousand point team teams, so it's going to be basically doubles oh, Zone Mortalis. Awesome. Uh, we'll be putting together some really big tables. Um, I know that I will be sponsoring a, a lot of tables. I'm just going to be bringing a lot of terrain. I have a lot more stuff to build and a lot of stuff to get done. So I'm not looking forward to that. But it sounds like I'll have a lot of free time on my hands. I'm joking. I'm I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping an interview next week goes well and I won't have to spend any time unemployed. But if I if I am, then um, if anybody would like to purchase some already painted terrain, please let me know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome terrain. I have seen this stuff in person. It is amazing. 
Andrew is really good at sucking up and and selling me <laughs> like, like his little his little street gal. And I would happily be sold by him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 the general consensus when it comes to me. Yeah. Uh, look, man, if you wanted to move to Australia, I'd totally find a job for you in my company. Um, I have no idea what it would be. Probably just painting terrain for me, I guess. Um, you know, if if I could get paid, you know, <laughs> similar to what I already make, and you know, have health, I, I'm good. If I if I can get some medical, that's cool. <laughs> All right, we, we, we're going to talk about this, this like off air, man. I think you're going to become the Sydney. I think this is the way we're going to sort this out. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. All so right. 3,000 so 3, 3, points, main event. Um, so yeah, tell us a bit about the narrative behind it all. Okay. So the narrative that we've got going on right now, um, kind of the name that we've gone for, um, it's got a little bit of a historical reference. If you guys can kind of pick it up, you can kind of go take a look at it. And then maybe that'll give you an idea of what it, what's going on here. But uh, our narrative is called The Fields of Karanea. And this is essentially, uh, Karanea is a hive city that was uh, long dead uh, for reasons that will become known as things go on if if this is successful and people enjoy it um at this point it's kind of you know we're i'm leaning more into the intrigue side of things for the narrative this time around instead of me just giving everybody everything up front and we're gonna see how that goes but i think it's gonna work well especially with the interactions of zone mortalis and um our points of interest and, you know, named characters and special characters, things like that, you know, NPCs popping up. And I think that's going to help build the intrigue and build the narrative as things progress so that people can kind of figure out what's going on. Um, but essentially the Thursday large narrative event, um, that is just large scale campaign, large scale fighting. Um, landing parties uh, with their massive forces actually engaging with one another while the uh, smaller forces of the ZM forces are uh, trying to get to the hive city that uh, has suddenly seemingly out of nowhere come back to life. There's, there's production, there's strange signals coming out of it, but there's been no contact um, in or out of the, the hive city. And there's been a few attempts at contact. Uh, folks actually sent in um, delegates from both sides of, of the heresy, the loyalists and traitors. And they have, nobody's heard from them as soon as they've made, made planet fall and touch down. You know, nobody knows that they've even made it to the hive city itself. Um, That's always like a really good sign, right? Like just, you know, yeah. planet's disappearing. That's, that's going to go well. I like it. So uh, to kind of set the stage, that's, you know, we've got some some narrative text and stuff that we've set up. But I kind of I, I want to read a little bit. This is our, our narrative block for um, the Zone Mortalis event for day one for the, the Fields of Karanea. Um, yeah, let's do it. Uh, Before you lies the Factorum sector of Karanea. The undulating fields of steel and iron machinations sprawling into opaque clouds of smoke and noxious fumes. The labyrinthian bulwark belies untold secrets and terrors, ancient and alien. A long dead hive city reawakened calls to you. 
Will you answer? Love it. Awesome. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that's the, that's, that, that's the part in my uh, Dungeons and Dragons campaign where my, uh, my players would turn around and go, you know what? Actually, no, we're going to go and start a carpet business. Um, <laughs> true story. That happened once. Um, Three weeks worth of work out the fucking window. Have never forgiven them. <laughs> well, you know, did they? Did, I'm more concerned with like what kind of you know structure they decided with their pricing. Was it? Uh, like, did they measure yeah, yeah. square square footage or square or square yard? Well, it was actually um, it was actually tapestries, um, very detailed tapestries. Oh, but the entire that's business not carpet. What? Well, well get, okay. get out of here. <laughs> Well, you see, this is this is one of the things, right? Was that actually what ended up happening was, they their whole business model was just based on stealing tapestries from other people and then reselling them as if it was theirs. <laughs> oh, so they became um, Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so much more exciting than the way you described it. Oh, uh, it wasn't that much more exciting than that. That's to be like, perfectly honest, that's like, like it was me- just like. You know, mugging mugging trader caravans and being like, "Give us your tapestries, or we'll we'll stab you." And then in most cases, they got stabbed anyway. Like, you know, that's that's what you call Barry in the lead. That's like me telling telling you that, yeah, I, I have aspirations of being, you know, a, a dental surgeon someday. So I, I I study dentistry in my spare time. When actually, what I do is I break into people's homes and I surgically remove their teeth when they're sleeping. So you see, I, this is the sort of thing you're supposed to tell me like before I spend the week sleeping on your couch, right? No, this is this is just like an example <laughs> of burying the lead. Oh, Come on, and, man. And, and an example with like air quotes, right? Well, no, that one would of be, those examples. No, no, that would be an example. Man, like I always wondered why you had those two massive like freezers in your basement that had padlocks and chains on them. Um, so like when the dental work goes wrong, is that where you hide the bodies? No, that's where I hide the living. <laughs> those awesome. teeth are a lot easier to remove when those bodies quit flinching. Oh, wow. Wow, this got dark very quickly. So, Karenea. Um... <laughs> yes. And things get even darker on Karenea. Yeah. So, what what do you what are you sort of expecting out of like the guys that are going to be like coming to this? Is there anything like in particular you want them to have like in their armies? Are you guys giving them any sort of like um, pre information and going like you have to have like you you know you don't have to, but it'd be cool if you had this sort of stuff in your army or? So we're we're basically letting everybody go free range, kind of take what you want. Um, we are going to have some restrictions. Uh, thousand point event. Um, we're not allowing named characters or Primarchs in the Zone Mortalis side of things, at least on the first yeah, that's, day. Um, that's probably a good thing, yep. Rights of War are allowed. Um, nice. One thing we are pointing out is that we do need players to have both an attacker and a defender list um, for, you know, built in the Force War, respectively. Um, because the missions are going to be requiring attackers. And, and an attacker and defender, yeah. So... Cool. Um, if you want to build a list that fits both of those requirements, you're welcome to. If you want to build two separate lists, you're welcome to do that. Um, we're not going to be super particular on it. The main thing is um, the Ferex rule of thumb, you're an adult. 
you're expected to be able to read. <laughs> so put put two and two together and figure it out. If you have questions, you're an adult. Ask. So, and if you're not an adult, I'm not trying to patronize you, but these are things you need to learn. But you're still welcome to, to come and, and fight on the fields of Karanea. All are welcome. All Love are it. welcome. <laughs> so, um, you know, standard, uh, the boilerplate is attached to this, just like on all Adepticon events, as far as I know. Um, the guidelines, final restrictions and things are, you know, they can change, but everything that's presented up to this point is as accurate as we know. Um and if there are any major changes, we'll, we'll let everybody know. That way everybody can have a, a heads up. We don't want to surprise anybody. We're not trying to be like, ha gotcha, and screw over anybody. Um, that's kind of why there's been a lot of questions online about, you know, what were the events going to be? What was the ZM size going to be? And we, we hosted a poll to see what everybody was thinking. And there were some thoughts, you know, some a lot. It was kind of divisive. Folks wanted 1,000. Folks wanted 1,500. There was a sizable amount that wanted 1,250 in the middle. And kind of what I ended up deciding after talking with the other guys is that it's just, since this is our first go around with it, we're going to start smaller rather than go big. And part of that, again, is because of the amount of terrain that, we bring, that we're going to be bringing. Most of the time when people play Zone Mortalis, they're not going to be playing on tables like what we have. You're not going to be seeing multiple tiers, lots of, you know, terrain, varying size corridors. Most folks have seen something equivalent to, you know, the Forge World Zone Mortalis, where yeah, it's yeah. it's set size corridors. You can basically fit a dread through everything except a door if it's small enough, or you know, um, the Leviathans if it's you know big enough or whatever. Um, also, speaking of that, um, we haven't really decided how we're going to handle those new quote-unquote restrictions that have shown up with the updated rules uh, for Zone Mortalis, thanks to the plastic kits coming out. Um, we're going to finalize how we want to handle that. My opinion, kind of where I'm leaning right now, is I don't want to completely limit the 80 millimeter bases, just because I think that's rather silly, because again, because of this style of terrain we have, I'm a firm believer that the terrain will be the mitigating factor, you know? Yeah, that's, 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 that's kind of the way I think it works, works best. Um, like I know but, previous, previously, like having played on all sorts of like random types of zone metallic boards. So like, what's the forge world stuff, obviously, as you're saying, like set size. And then um, Andrew Hollis has got a lot of other zone metallic tables that are mm -hmm. very different. Oh, yeah. uh, like there's ones that are like open with like super customizable wall sets. We've got the the card, the printed cardboard ones he did that have like um, same sort of thing. You you can just put them on top of like a battle map. Mm -hmm. So like you know any any sort of size you want. And we always found that that worked really well, especially when people weren't too sure which table they were going to end up on. Yeah. Um, you know, like somebody, like say somebody does like, you know, rock or, rock or Leviathan or something and then they end up on like a crappy table. It's like, well, you know, not a crappy table, but like on a table with, you know, like not enough room. It's like, well, hey, you want to take a Leviathan? That's what you're going to deal with occasionally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that works well. And I think it's, it's sort of, you know, it makes you, it makes you like a bit more immersed in it. And it's not like, you know, it's a tournament, right? Yeah. Where everything's got to be perfectly, you know, balanced and the rest of it. I think you can have 
you know, in narrative events, you can have a bit more um, customization to the tables. Yeah. And that is, that is a very good point um, to touch on what you just said, actually. Uh, I've added a caveat to all of our entries. I hope they make it online when they post these up there, um, mostly because uh, we don't control the website, so there's limitations as far as the actual amount of text they can put into e each like posting for an event. But one of the things that we've in, that I've entered in on all of the events is uh, explicitly says uh, this is a you know for example three round friendly narrative event. Deployment scenarios, game types will not favor you every engagement. Remember that your enjoyment of the game should not be at the expense of your opponent. So, yeah, nice, nice. I, I think that's a good, that's a good disclaimer. Yeah, originally, originally, I, I had something in there that was like competitive players need not apply, and it, it was kind of mentioned to me by Lucas that that sounds kind of dickholish and is not really the the inclusive mentality that we're trying you know that that really all 30k players have there's no 30k players that i know that are exclusive or you know trying to push other people out we do have you know we we have certain things that we like we like to play against painted armies we like to play against armies that are thematic you know people who who put in the effort just as much as we do you know that way it's you know oh, yeah. it's copacetic we can tell that you know you care as much as i care it makes me respect you more or at least understand that you know you will respect my property as much as you know i want you to and so that's the thing we 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 want everybody involved you don't have to have the greatest army in the world you don't have to have the best painted army this could be your first event if you want and frankly zone mortalis is a great way to learn um, there's going to be some crazy weird stuff that happens and it may not you know make your learning experience be 100 percent you know the most streamlined but you're going to have some crazy fun things happen like, we, we've got our own version of the, of the Adepticon Owlbears. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> For anybody who's aware of that. Uh, awesome. Man, I, I honestly, it's, it sounds amazing. I, I am really upset that uh, once again next year, there's no way I can get the time off to... Um, to make it over for Adepticon. It, it's still bucket list for me. Uh, I know... Um, you are going to be having uh, at least one of the guys uh, from over here heading over to you. Uh, I don't know if he's booked in to play any events or if he's just going to go hang out. Uh, but he's one of, he's a uh, Tazzy Dave. Yeah, yeah, I've actually uh, been talking to him. I, oh, Matt, okay. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give myself props and say that I was the one who convinced him and coaxed him into doing it because I kept sending him pictures and telling him about what was going on <laughs> in the terrain, and then out of nowhere, suddenly it was. I'd like to go, but I don't know if I'd ever have a chance to. And then about five or 10 minutes later, he's like, uh, so my wife said yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So his, 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 uh, his wife is, uh, an absolute champion. Um, and if you ever want Dave, uh, Tazzy Dave to go anywhere, just tell him there's a bar. <laughs> uh, and he generally turns up without any problems. Um, <laughs> yeah. So no, um, that's yeah no that that sounds really awesome. And as I was saying to you before we we jumped in on this call, um, it'll be really really mad as it sort of gets towards Adepticon to have you back on a couple of times and get sort of a you know a road to Adepticon and, and see what you're doing for prep and you know as you can give us a bit more information on you know the narrative and everything else that's happening. Yeah, uh, that'd be really awesome, man. So the the last thing I, I wanted to chat with you about, because you've been sending me photos of this stuff uh, and you're making me super jealous. 
<laughs> is your amazing uh, your amazing night household, um, and and specifically over the last couple of days, uh, it's now it's it's Legio models. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Uh, and, and they're like really amazing conversion bits. Uh, and I know a lot of people sort of like you know have looked at this stuff online. I know we've talked about it on our podcast a few times. But like seeing the stuff built with your knights um, just makes me want to go and like splurge. You're not wrong. Like they they've got some great stuff, hands down. Um, I you know I. I was not a big supporter of theirs when they first came out, and I'll be the first, I'll, you know, I'll be honest about it. Um, I don't know why I said honest about it. That was weird. I'm not. I'm not. I don't even know what that would be like. Chicago <laughs> or like Canadian. Anyways, I'm gonna stop trying to do impressions. It's too too early in the morning and too late <laughs> in my day for any of this stuff to be making sense. But I will. You know, I'll be honest. I was. I was a vocal. You know, criticizer of the quality of their miniatures when they or of their upgrade kits when they first came out. Um, the sculpts online looked pretty good, but the actual quality of the casts were were leaving, leaving a lot to be desired as far as I was concerned, given the price point versus what you were getting. Now, with that said, at some point they started putting out what I can only describe as the V2, the version 2 of a lot of their armors. And as soon as that started happening, the quality of the designs and the sculpts skyrocketed. I mean, they're, they're, if you can look, they're none of their, they're, if you can find the old pictures of their Nuns of Battle armor, version 1 versus the new version 2, it's a night and day difference. It's like somebody that's an undergrad <laughs> sculpting something versus somebody that's a paid professional sculpting something. And I don't know if they've switched, you know, designers or if somebody had an epiphany or figured it out or whatever. But first of all, the, the design quality shot through the roof. So props to them. Um, secondly, the actual quality of the casts have gone up. Um, it's still not, you know, Forge World level quality or anything like that. Like, for example, a carapace plate, the top is going to look exactly like it's supposed to from the pictures. The underside, probably not going to be 100% smooth. You're probably going to have some, some minor bubbling or, you know, some, some rough spots. But nothing that causes an issue where you can't put it on the model and use it. But it's just whatever their process is, whatever uh, approach they take to it, you know, that's just how it is. You're... You're getting all the quality that you need, but you may have a little bit of, you know, non-visible burrs or marring that you have to clean up. And as far as I'm concerned, that's really, that's a fine trade-off. As long as the outside looks right and you don't have any issues that you have to clean up, who cares if the underside might have like a blemish or two? And I don't know, yeah, it, yeah. I don't know anybody who, who would why you'd be making a complaint that like, oh, the underside of the carapace has a, has a big bubble on it and nobody can see it except for me after I put it on <laughs> or not even me after I put it on, but while I'm building it. And yeah. Look, I, I, I think I've got to echo that is I do remember these guys from like a million years ago and like, I want to say they started off with maybe like an Etsy store or yep. like there was, it, it was definitely not the website that they have today. And they, they did a, a couple of bits here and there, but they weren't 
they weren't anything that I would consider to be particularly serious. Like a lot of the stuff, and look, to be perfectly honest, some of their stuff still, like their designs are are a bit insane. Like I'm just on the website now and they literally have a piece called Holy Tits, which is yeah. for making a Sisters of Battle Night. And it's literally just um, a boob plate with Fleur de Lis on it, um, yeah. which is in- incredibly cringeworthy. Um, but you know what? Like, somebody finds that funny and wants to spend the $15 on it, go right ahead. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that stuff that you were sending me the photos of, particularly the uh, the little armager, um, armager knights, just looks amazing. So do, do you reckon, like, like overall, it's sort of worthwhile if people are considering something, the, the quality is now there to match the dollar investment? So my opinion is that if you are interested in making a an already expensive model or pair of models more expensive to make them look awesome and unique it is worth your money if you're getting the right kits now again i feel like they've i haven't double checked or gone through anything to, to like see but I feel like they've they've basically cycled through and replaced any of their old what I would consider subpar kits, and all, everything that they've been coming out with is is great. Now the other thing that is awesome about them is they're constantly coming out with new kits. They have previews of stuff, and if you're interested, you want to see something, you can go to their Facebook page and, and you know say, hey, I'm interested in this, or hey, I want to see this. And I mean, there's stuff for everything. They have like all your different chaos gods. They've got all, like, so many of the different legions now. Um, They've also just got, if you're a chaos player and you just want some generalized, like, chaos-looking ones that aren't, like, one god or another, but just just something that looks more beaten up and not in line with, you know, a uniform look or, like, over-the-top Nurgle, they have several different versions that are great. Um, the Guzzler or the Rampager, I think, are great kits. They're two of my favorites. Eventually, I will pick those up. Um, they've also they've got a few other bits that are some they, uh, some posable legs um, that that are kind of a new deal that they started doing recently. Um, I have some of those, and I like them on my knights. Uh, they make the knights pretty uh, a little bit taller than the standard knights. I like the reverse jointed legs uh, for the aesthetic that I'm going for. But a hundred percent. You know, that's kind of my opinion on the surface. The ones that I can swear by that I actually own are those reverse joint legs. Absolutely great. And then the uh, dark mech uh, sets, the ones for the standard Questorus pattern knight, the ones for the uh, Dominus chassis, and then the armature ones. And that's that's the ones I've been sending you uh, pictures of because I got... I already had two for the Questorus, but I got two for the Dominus and six of the Armagers in uh, yesterday. Yeah, I guess it would have been yesterday. No, actually Thursday. And I I washed everything, let them dry, and I did a few dry fits uh, this weekend just to send some pictures to you. And I'm absolutely (laughs) sold. Like, the the first one, the first Armager that I sent you pictures of, and I think you and I had a very similar opinion on it, is... It just took what is, the only way I can describe it is kind of a a generic, makes it look, you know, just the standard armor, it looks good, but it's kind of generic, just kind of looks a little flimsy almost. It just kind of looks like a robot. 
and it doesn't really seem much like a night, but it, you know, it's there, it's cool, and I'm not complaining about it at all. But that compared to it with the dark mech upgrade kit, totally different boy. It looks like a souped up heavy duty thrasher, like kill bot, kill Roy, get get like angry mad dog wants to get in your face and rip something off. Man, I just I don't even know how else to describe it. Like, go look at it, guys. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, and that's that. That's the dark mech kit, right? Yeah, that's the dark mech kit. Yeah, no, they 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 look absolutely amazing. So, and are you um? The other thing I want to say, uh, just because it's called a dark mech <clears throat> kit, doesn't mean it has like chaos symbols or anything like that on it. There is nothing about it that's like is identifiable as chaos, other than the fact that it, they look mean, which. It's great because if, if if you're like me and you want to do some heresy era Mechanicum style knights, but you want something that can be, you know, a little more cusp of maybe going dark heresy or a little more renegade, give you some flexibility that looks cool and unique, but will also still go in line and, and make sense to tie in with the Forge World style Mechanicum armor. This These are great for it, and I'd highly recommend them. Yeah, and, and I think like, like just looking at it now it's like anybody that wants it's it, it's kind of a lot of the leisure model stuff is like super stylized right so it's like yeah you know uh, there's, there's there's a lot going on there's like a ton of detail all over it in a lot of cases maybe even a bit too much but yeah. like with that stuff like it's just like it looks brutal as fuck like it's just so yeah no i reckon it's got to be one of like their best kits and now having seen it like built up uh on your nights um yeah no i think it's i think it's pretty perfect and as you said i i don't think there's anything particularly chaosy about it um i think you could totally uh maybe the head that they've got with it at the moment like some weird insect head thing but i think um yeah maybe a little bit. yeah totally you, you you could do like you know just like absolute face smashing loyalists with this without any problem at all oh yeah so yeah no that's that's awesome so if people want to see like your your knights and stuff have have you put them up on the uh on the invested painting page yet or um i actually haven't been posting anything on my instagram or my facebook page for uh several weeks if not months i have fallen terribly behind i need to start posting getting these up there um but just between work and job hunting and I've got commissions that I've been working on to make sure I get those done. And yeah, you know, it's just everything. It just seemed, you know, that it's that time of the year. Everything comes together. Everything <laughs> is just being a big old snowball rolling down the hill, but that's it, man. They don't call it the silly season for nothing, right? Yeah. I guess you guys call it the silly season. I've never heard it called that. So, Oh, really? No. Oh God. Yeah, no, no. But I, I like, like it. the silly season. <laughs> I like the silly season. Awesome. So, if, if people want to find uh, find out a bit more about like other like the Adepticon stuff, uh, like I have no idea if there'd be tickets available anymore to it and things like that. But uh, if people want more information on that, where would they go? Well, uh, the tickets you want to go to the Adepticon website and see about that availability. Um, I don't know when the tickets are supposed to go live. Y'all shouldn't look into that because um, when that stuff goes live, it's the the website. Oh, yeah. The website will crash. It will be a menagerie. <laughs> um, 
the, the but, thing that's been suggested to me is that don't think about all the things you want to do. Find the one thing that you want to do, add it to your cart, check out immediately, get that one thing, refresh, yeah, and then, and then try and, and get anything else that you can. Um, but yeah, maybe, I, I have heard that from a few people as well. So, uh, but that's what I've been told. Um, as I'm just going to be hosting things, I don't have to worry about it, which is kind of nice. But uh, so there's that. Um, check out the uh, Adepticon Warhammer 30K Horse Heresy Facebook group. I don't know if that's actually what it's called. Um, let me let me pull up the actual Adepticon. Okay, it's just called Adepticon Horus Heresy Group. There you go. So it's a lot shorter than that crap I just said. <laughs> but you should be able to join up. They've got a uh, pinned post at the top where they tell you about the schedule, a bit about it, about the events, number of tickets, like what the event points are going to be, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Give, it'll give you at least a baseline so you can start scheduling what you want to do or have an idea. There's no details yet regarding the events and all that, but it'll, again, it'll give you a better idea than just like, well, I wonder what's going on. Yeah. No, awesome, awesome. And Dave, if, if people want to see uh, what you're what you're doing at Invested Painting, and I know you said you, you haven't updated for a while, but uh, where do they find you on all those social channels? Um, you find me on Facebook at Invested Painting. You find me on Instagram at Invested Painting. You can find me through our social media page for the Taking of Ferrix, which is our 30k narrative event series which um the fields of uh oh god i forgot my own name for the dang event um Karanea, that's the word <laughs> um you you can find more information about that there uh, once we do uh, get like the official official okay to start publishing things um typically what we'll do is we'll post all of any you know terrain progress picks updates and things um in the ferix page and then we'll share them across the adepticon page um just because it's that's the way we've always done it and it's it's the easiest way for me to track it for our social media coordinator derek to be able to spread that information around um, yeah nice but awesome. uh, that's pretty much the easiest way to get involved with us if you have any questions um, as far as, you know, list building or, you know, if you're, if you're curious about if something's okay, or if you're wanting to bring something, but you don't know if that's going to get, you know, you looked at funny or not, um, go ahead and, you know, feel free to message me. You know, I, I have my phone on me all the time. And if I don't, you know, I'm usually around my computer or my tablet some way where I can access my phone and Facebook is honestly the best way to get a hold of me. So just uh, shoot me a message. I'll be happy to respond to you. Um, you can uh, 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 PM me directly, David Komen, um, rather than my Invested Painting stuff. If you're interested in a commission or something like that, hit me up at Invested Painting. But if you just have questions about Adepticon or anything like that, any of my events or just you know questions and stuff in general, you can just you can just PM me directly. So awesome. Uh, that, that's that's uh, very kind and very open, and I think it's a you know you, you're a great ambassador for the 30k hobby um that, that's really really cool to see well dave it's been an absolute pleasure uh but as i imagine it's it's nearing like 4 a.m over there and uh in kansas uh, i might let you go for the evening um but we'll definitely have you on uh at least once uh once or twice more between uh now and adepticon and sort of find out how everything's shaping up for you 
Yeah, that so, sounds great. We haven't even got to touch on me 3D printing yet, so we can save that for the next time. Ooh, 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 awesome. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, well, you haven't sent me anything that's 3D printed yet. you got to send me some photos, man. I... <laughs> I, I sent you that tiny penis gun. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's very true. <laughs> and with that, folks, we're going to sign off. <laughs> All right, guys. So remember, until next time, keep your powder dry and your dice loaded.